and welcome back to the Moral Minority Show. Hopefully you've enjoyed season six where we covered deconstruction and faith transitions. Um, Before we announce season seven and start working on those episodes today, we've got a special bonus episode. Um, Every so often, the Moral Minority Show does a little bit of a talking points on what's going on in the world of hip hop. And uh, 2021 has been a big year for hip hop. Even um, non-hip-hop fans like myself know all about Donda and Certified Lover Boy. And, you know, know, these albums are are making headlines. Um, But we've also seen releases from Tyler, the Creator, Baby Keem, Big Sean. And so what we're talking about today is, you know, why was 2021 such a big year? What are some of the notable um, albums that have dropped both the mainstream um, big names as well as some more underground artists and we'll compare and contrast we you know what were what were our favorite albums uh, what stood out to us what sounded the best what sounds are the most creative um, and then we'll all share our hot takes and I'm sure there'll be some spicy discussion um, so Josh why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest for today yeah, Joe, that was a that was a great introduction for a non hip hop fan. Yeah, two thousand and twenty one was a has been a really really cool year, and so for that we wanted to make sure that we put all the right people in the room. Um, and so um, Tiffany Thompson is with us. Uh, she's been with us before. She jumped on the episode where we talked about kind of the saga of Kanye right right after he released Jesus is King and kind of kind of the trajectory of kind of where his discography has been going. Um, She also jumped on with us when we talked about kind of a um, kind of generational compare and contrast with hip hop in the black church on the episode. uh, Why does the black church hate hip hop? Another great one to go back and check out. But Tiffany's with us. Y'all Tiffany is my surrogate mother. um, One of my best friends, Uh, Tiffany, as I mentioned on the other episodes, was uh, really the team parent that was in Youth Impact. There was her, she had a couple kids in the um, in the ministry that I was a part of, in the youth ministry I was a part of, and um, in many ways represented a lot of what the other parents were thinking and was such a helpful like um, kind of uh, voice uh, to help us know how to craft and um, make sure the ministry was actually serving our families well. And uh, right now she does some really cool stuff with this ministry called On Ramp um, that I want to give her like just a few seconds to talk about. But uh, so, yeah, Tiffany, you're with us. It's exciting. And before I introduce the next guest, tell us a little bit about um, On Ramp and, and what the, and what that's been like. So, yeah, On Ramp is a wonderful organization. We connect people with transportation and to make sure also that they have community. We provide them uh, with the vehicle, um, uh, making sure that they can afford the vehicle's upkeep. Um, for a year, we provide them with all of the upkeep for the vehicle. And after that year, they're responsible for it. So, um yeah, it's a wonderful program. I love being a part of it. I also every year do Pretty Brown Girls Day, and that's a self-esteem workshop for young ladies of color to be able to come and see representation of women who look like them uh, mm-hmm. doing things that they may not thought may have may not have thought that they could do. So, 
um, yeah, I'm out there. I'm in these streets. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people on Twitter. A lot of people on Twitter, but you're in them streets. Actually, it's funny because today, I'm in these streets. <laughs> today, Twitter was all people had. Today is the day that um, I don't know when we'll release this, but today was the day as we're recording this that Instagram and Facebook took a little took a little dive. Um, yeah. Also, that's, you know, really cool connection real quick before I move to the next guest is, uh, uh, Blake Jennings is, uh, the, um, I guess, executive director, you know, founder of OnRamp uh, that, uh, Tiffany's a part of. And Blake was also, he's former coworker of mine and was also on the show on an episode talk, that talked about, um, mental health. And so, um, just really cool. Just having a lot of old memories come back in this episode and then some new memories. Um, so I've been working at a, a beautiful ministry called Mercy Street, and one of my coworkers and friends is going to be joining us. Um, big hip hop head, uh, loves the genre, loves the culture, intersects a lot of it with his um, how he thinks about ministry and how he communicates ministerial ideas. And so Kevin, my man, Kevin Garcia is joining us today. Uh, Kevin, uh, just tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, where you're from, who you are, just a little little minute or so. Um, yeah, uh, my name is Kevin. Uh, I love, uh, like I said, I really have been listening to hip hop most of my life. Um, when I just think of music, I just kind of, I don't really think, oh, I'm listening to hip hop. It's just kind of like music. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I grew up, uh, my family is from uh, California. I was born in Montclair, California. Uh, raised mostly in Oklahoma. I am half Mexican, half, well, not half and half. I don't, we don't really use those terms like that. You know, it's not split. I'm <laughs> Cherokee and I'm Mexican. So, um, and I grew up around in an area in Oklahoma that was a very, uh, I always joke with people. It's like a, it was like a very hood country type area. So it wasn't just like country, like the way some people think of it. Like we were in rodeos and doing stuff, but it was like, we, me and my dad were like the only Mexicans there. And so we were the essays. It was just a whole bunch of us and black folks like <laughs> hanging out. And we, they just called us the essays because we were the only Mexicans there, you know. So um, and so, uh, yeah, grew up most in Oklahoma, kind of have some of that kind of country background a little bit. And then I've been living in Dallas, Dallas area for about 13 years with one year in Atlanta in between there. And then Dallas, particularly for like about the last nine or 10 years straight. And so, yeah, work with the mentoring, work with kids. Love doing all that and um, love talking about music, theology, justice, all kinds of things like that. Amazing. Amazing. And Kevin's got some he's got some fun things for you to keep following up with him that we'll talk about at the end of the episode. Um, but Joel, Joel opened it up well. So, y'all, th- th- to me, and we may not all agree on this and we'll talk about that here in a second. But to me, this has been kind of the biggest at least release year since and y'all catch me if i'm missing a year but i think like maybe 2017 was all right but 2015 was kind of a huge release year in hip-hop i think drake dropped kendrick dropped i don't know if cold drop no cold drop at the very end of 2014 Mm -hmm. so we call it 2015 pretty much um like the the big the heavy hitters all dropped that year um kanye waited till the next year to do it um but and that was a big year. And a lot of those songs have impacted the culture for a long time. Me and Kevin were actually talking at the office, the song All Right by Kendrick, as this past year we had, or last year, we had the biggest civil rights movement in world history. It was international. It was huge. 
um, at a lot of protests, you heard we gonna be all right, you know, that Kendrick joint. And so that music has lasted. It stood the test of time. It's big. People say if you're reading This Is Too Late by Drake is one of his better albums. Like, uh, of course, uh, uh, 2014 Forest Hill Drive by J. Cole is, um, I think, the be- his best album. And so those songs have really lived and really impacted the culture. And there were a lot of other artists that dropped that year as well. So we don't know what these songs are going to do or what these albums are going to do as far as their cultural impact moving forward. But this year we've had Drake drop, we've had Kanye drop, we've had Cole drop. We've had some huge heavy hitters in the game drop. And so we really just want to take a a step back and say, man, with hip hop in 2017 overtaking rock as the biggest or the most consumed genre in the world, um, if all the biggest artists in hip hop drop, that's going to have huge cultural impact. And so we want to talk about it. Um, we want to, and we want to kind of break down kind of what's been happening this year. And so to start, because so many heavy hitters dropped, what can happen is you can miss a lot of the other artists that dropped. And there, and there have been some other really amazing albums that because Dobbin and CLB kind of took over the conversation, especially in the fall, um, that we missed. So I'll start with one real quick. Y'all, Big Sean dropped this year. <laughs> and and I personally really liked it. Like, I liked it, Detroit, too. I really liked it. I love some of the songs on it. I love uh, Full Circle. It's probably my favorite joint on there. But um, the um, he has one track on there where he has all – I think it's going to be a huge cultural moment, just kind of what he did. He has all the young, kind of up-and-coming and even kind of older Detroit rappers on there. And for any of y'all that are listening, um, hip hop is very regional. Hip hop, each region has a very specific sound. And Detroit um, has a very specific sound. And it's kind of been one of the ones that's really been catching on. A lot of people have really been enjoying the sound and, and the style that's been coming out of Detroit lately. And so Big Trump, Big Sean putting all of them on the same track was really cool. The song is dope. Everybody killed it. Eminem was on there. Royce Five Nine was on there, and then um, just a lot of the young guys that are um, that are kind of coming into the game and, and making some great music. So for me, that was a sleeper because no one talks about that album. And I personally think Big Sean, I think he can rap really well, <laughs> and he's kind of always been in that upper echelon conversation. But here lately, he's not there as much. And so Big Sean dropped a, a really good album, um, and. A lot of people not have slept on it, but it just hasn't been talked about as much. Really enjoyed that one. And for me, it's a personal kind of sleeper this year. But what are some what are some ones that kind of flew under the radar for you guys? I think the reason why people didn't really talk about Big Sean's album, because they're so obsessed with his relationship, for one thing. <laughs> um, I mean, this guy broke up with a chick. Had the chick on his album. I mean, you know what? It's, it's, <laughs> their official state Facebook status is it's complicated. You know, <laughs> and they both kind of went to some, you know, place and became higher beings, and now they're back. You know, that's, um, how, that's how it works. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, but the album is dope. Don't get me wrong, but I think, like I said, I think people were so much more, you know, interested in his personal life that it kind of made his album take a little bit of a back seat. Um, my sleeper, 
I like Nas's album. I'm not gonna. I'm mm. not gonna front. I like Nas's yeah, album. Nas and Boy Wonder getting together. That's magic. I, you know. Um, or, wait, is it Hit Boy? Hit Boy. Hit Boy. Yeah. That's Hit Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like having uh EPMD on the, you know, with Charlie Wilson, and mm. you know, it just gave that kind of nostalgic vibe. So for me. That was kind of like the sleeper, you know, even though it came out late out in the year. Um, and there wasn't a big hoopla about it, really. You saw him uh, about a month ago or a couple of weeks ago on Rihanna's um, Savage Fenty. Um, um, what is it? Fashion show. Hmm. He was the last performer on there where they also did like a a good 10 minute tribute to Buster Rhymes. Love that. I'm not really sure why we're giving him so many flowers all of a sudden because I don't he doesn't look ill, so I'm not really sure what the deal <laughs> is. But I mean, I know he's had a few anniversaries, you know, for albums and songs and stuff like that. So we're just I trying to we're just trying to get out ahead of it. We've let a lot of a lot of legends go without doing this, so we're just trying to get out ahead of it. Yeah, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it was dope. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate it. I was, you know, her 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 lingerie shows are definitely more like concerts. Mm. than they are an actual show but you know she had Nas at the end of it he performed it was dope and so for me he's kind of like my sleeper mm. yeah I, I had Nas on here too and I, I had it because I, I thought it's weird he won didn't he win the Grammy last year for rap album of the year for King's Disease and then this year he comes out with two and it's a sleeper and it's it's kind of weird because it's pretty good too. And I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna go on record. I really don't like Nas that much generally. Blasphemy! It's a different. I get interview. I get that he's good. Oh, that's like, right. I get that he's good. It's one of those things. I get that he's good. Like I understand all the technical reasons why, but I just really it's just kind of i don't know it's it's where like i love j cole but i get why some people say he's boring like i get it mm-hmm. i disagree with it but i get it and that's kind of how i am with nas until like these last two albums i really really liked and it's so again it sounds super weird to say that but i do agree and i had that as one of the ones i was thinking of um but one one i'm, I'm gonna kind of highlight um kind of like a group or like a little a little pocket of rap this is like getting into like super nerdy like lyrical people like if, if y'all are familiar with griselda with like West Side Gun and Benny the yeah. Butcher, Conway, all them. Um, there was a dude named Mock Hami. And I had never even, I didn't know who this dude was before. I, I was talking to another friend on another podcast before. And I remember him saying, hey, listen to this album. We're going to talk about it. And I hadn't heard of it. And I was like, ah, man, like, it's going to be hard for me to talk about something I'm not that interested in. <laughs> and then I went and listened to it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And uh, it, it's, it's executive produced by West Side Gun. So if you're familiar with any of his stuff or if y'all have ever heard the raps where a dude yelling out, boom, 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 you know, doing all the ad libs yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he has an incredible album called Pray For uh, Pray For Haiti. Um, it's an amazing album, like really, really good. It's kind of weird, the music he selects for it, but it's real, you know, if you like lyrical stuff, if you like that kind of stuff, like if you really wanted to get into something that you're just hearing some good, unique beats and lyrical kind of rap stuff, like he kills that. Like. It's it's such an incredible album. Like it's 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 one of my uh, favorites of the whole year, and I get that it's one of those really weird particular ones, but that, that not everyone's gonna like. But mm-hmm. um, even being in that pocket sometimes that I get into, I still hadn't, didn't even know about this album until then. And so mm-hmm. if any of y'all are like, oh, I just want to listen to like 
lyrical miracle stuff, which I don't always like to either, hence the not liking Nas as much, you know. But but if you want to get into some stuff like that, his album was really, really good. Heck yeah. I also, okay, I know I'm not supposed to have one sleeper. No, no, no. <laughs> multiple. I had a couple more real so, quick. The Alchemist is on two albums, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. he's on one with Bodie James uh, called Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. The production on that album is crazy. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm an Alchemist fan. I wish he would do more. Um, mm-hmm. He's my guy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I I I fully enjoy him. But so maybe it's not a sleeper in as much. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like people didn't really know about the album. Obviously, that's a particular genre of rap that people, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not with the... Um, what is my other guy's, uh, the big guy, the alchemist is always with? Pretty Gibbs? No. I guess he's not too, too big, but. <laughs> um, big to me. I mean, I feel like in the hip hop circles, he's starting I, to. I, ha- I was just listening to his album yesterday. What is it called? He's like, he's a food guy. Oh, the. Uh... Not, uh, not. Oh, uh... Action Bro. The white dude. Action Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I almost said Ghostface because it's like Ghostface. <laughs> Action Bronson is my guy. I love him uh-huh. and the Alchemist together. Yeah. And yeah. so um I like to hear him with different people. But again, I feel like they're, you know, they're hip hop, obviously, but they're kind of like a certain genre of hip hop. Yeah. You have to mm-hmm. kind of know who the Alchemist is, first of all, and like really <laughs> respect his his life in the game to really understand yeah. um and be able to accept his other music that he has with different albums. Uh, artists. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I had a couple that, so I kind of, I used to be big into like Christian hip hop when I first became a Christian because I thought that was all I was supposed to listen to <laughs> after Jesus saved me. And then I realized Jesus likes hip hop too, um, all types of hip hop. And so, that um, whole t shirt, bro. Jesus loves, I'm writing it down. He loves it all. Let, let's go. He made it. Um, I don't know about all, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he loves all the rappers. How about that? Sure. Um, but there are a couple of dudes, they fit in that category, but they're not that category. And I, it's not even fair to put in there. And I shouldn't probably even shouldn't have let off of that. But Aha Gazelle, um, he's from New Orleans, which big bonus points for me. And he is so underrated to me. It's ridiculous. He is one of those dudes that mixes singing and rapping very well. And he kind of, he kind of caught on to that wave of like the ugly singing that like NBA young boy and a lot of those guys. Um, the auto tune and all that. Say what? The auto tune and whatnot. Yeah. No, like but yeah, <laughs> we're going to get to Kanye. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he does it and he does it really well. And he raps really, really well. Like I'm always walk away from a Aha Gazelle verse, and I'm like, "Ooh, he." Wait fine. a minute! I think I saw that guy on an episode of this other guy's show. He's an artist, like a painter. Yes, yeah. He's from Louisiana too. Tony yeah, and, and yeah. they were doing they were like sitting down talking, and he was taking pictures of him, and all. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. About. No, Tony Rashad is real dope too. And he does um, y'all go find him on um Twitter. I don't know what his Twitter name is. It's not it's weird, it's not Tony, but it's like Lafayette something. But uh he does amazing like hip hop paintings of like uh Jay-Z, Nipsey Hustle, yeah. a lot of people. He's really dope. Mm. But Aha Gazelle dropped spin this year. 
and it was and it was real good. I just, he hasn't put out anything that I didn't like. And then there's another guy. His name is Foggy Raw, um, Foggy Raw, and he just pretty much drops singles every now and then. He'll drop like a, you know, at the most like a seven to ten, you know, project seven to ten song project. So he's just um, like an EP guy. He's pretty much he just he just drops singles, which which is a, which is a wave like. You know, a lot of dudes are doing that outside of even hip hop. Like, just a lot of like chain smokers used to do that a lot. Um, but yeah, he 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 just yeah. And once again, he's just smooth. Like lyrically, he's not anything to like like crazy crazy. But he does have like he does have bars and his stuff really will catch you. But um, he's just really smooth sounding, um, and he makes really good music. And then I'm so sorry. I'm gonna just do one more. And I don't know why this is a sleeper. And I don't know why more people haven't been talking about this. Y'all tired of creating his album was crazy. Wait, wait, I wasn't ready to talk about him yet. Yeah, I don't know if it's a sleeper sleeper. It, it's not a sleeper sleeper. Guy. He's a candle with a tizzy. Because <laughs> Drake and Kanye were so big and took over the fall, and then Cole had the big one in the was it like the spring or whatever. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were like kind of like. Didn't talk about it as much. It definitely yeah. was nominated for album of the year. Yeah. Well, I feel like people, I feel like uh, CLB and Donda, of there, of course, because you know your guy's a pop guy, right? So he's like the Taylor <laughs> Swift of rap. So of course, you know his joint is gonna be, oh Drake, he's coming out, he's doing the light skin thing. I'm not feeling well. Don't do this. He's doing and the then, light skin. <laughs> You know, you got Kanye coming out and he's, you know, he's pop. He's being his his weird self. Mm -hmm. But I think we can't sleep on top. This man shook. DJ Khaled spent time, energy, and efforts. Yo. He was going to be the best. His whole slogan was, We are the best. I'm number one. (laughs) Talk about it. Tyler Creator just showed up. But his talent was like, what did you say? I'm sorry, I can't hear. With such an eclectic style, that's not supposed to be number one. It's supposed to be that underground, like Griselda, West Side. It's supposed to be that just like, oh, it just got a cult fan base. I thought it reminded me of Brock Hampton. Say what? I thought the album reminded me of Brock Hampton. A lot, a lot. They're eclectic sounding like that. Especially Hot Wind Blows. It did numbers. Y'all, did it do... Did it do four hundred thousand first week? I can't remember. I don't know, but I know this for a fact. Anywhere from two to four hundred thousand, which is no one should ever sleep on him again because the way that he just came in there quietly with that album, he didn't make a big fuss about it. And you know, Tyler likes to Mm -hmm. build extra sometimes. He just (laughs) made the album and dropped it, and was like, "There you go." He, he. Yeah, well, then, the whole album. It was good. Yeah. I thought of the all the ones I listened to. It was the most creative and the most unexpected to me as someone who's not as into hip hop. Mm, interesting. Yeah, like that. That's because there's probably a lot of things also that if you were more, he does a lot of homages to a lot of stuff in rap too throughout mm-hmm. the album without forcing it. Um, but I'm gonna still wait for some of the. Because if Tyler the Creator was a sleeper, then some of my favorite albums are also going to be sleepers. I think um, so it's like some bigger names can be a sleeper in a year sure. like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm still gonna wait for them to say it with my favorite ones a little bit. I got gotcha. um, yeah. just to put it there, but I, I will say I just wanted to throw a couple quick albums. Mm-hmm. Like they're not directly hip hop, but like they're more R and B ish. Um, and these are all three different. Um, these three ones are three women who came out with R and B albums this year that I like loved. Like, um, and so if you're trying to find some new music, some R and B, something to listen to to get into your feelings about, or just and it has all kinds of feelings in it too. Good, bad, happy, sad, revenge. And there's some really interesting <laughs> albums on here. But there's a lady, one of them that I love. Her name is Mariah the Scientist. She's not super big, yeah. but I love her music. Like, she's very interesting. If, if you like some other people, I, I don't necessarily know who to compare her to. But, like, if you like music from, like, SZA or if you like music from, like, Rihanna's anti-album, that kind of feel... But it's a little bit different. She's she's a little bit better vocally and stuff. But she had an album called Rye Rye World that was really, really good um, that I've really enjoyed. One of my favorite ones. And then uh, two other women who are a little bit more in kind of the generally they're in more of the I'm a sing R&B and kind of put the the mood music type stuff. Uh, Snow Allegra and Cleo Soul. Um, they both had some very, very good uh, music come out. Snow Allegra is one of my favorite R&B artists, period. Um, and so every time she comes out with something recently, I've really been uh, excited. And she she has an album that came out two years ago. Um, oh, I just forgot the name of it. But it was a lot more of traditional like ballad R&B style. And then she kind of experimented on this one a little bit. And some people didn't like it because there's some songs that are a little more up-tempo and things like that. Uh, she has two songs with Tyler actually on it, too. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a very, very good album. I thought it was really, really good. I've listened to it. A couple of the songs are my most played songs this year. And then Cleo Soul definitely has a little bit more of those kind of ballad R&B songs, like just singing, hearing good vocals and stuff like that. So those are some of the ones I really, really liked also this year. Mm. Well, we're going to get in our R&B bag. <laughs> if I was a 20, if I was like from 19 to about 25, Jasmine Sullivan was singing my life, bro. Mm. Man, oh, she did. That whole, the whole Heavy. album. I mean, now, let's be clear. No one was expecting this kind of a, you know, switch from her. But, you know, uh-huh. she'd have been through some things, I guess. <laughs> and, you That's know, the best r those are the best R&B albums. That album, mm-hmm. hands down, R&B for me this yeah. year. I mean, I played it on repeat. On yeah. repeat. All, yeah. I even told my 18-year-old, I was like, this is your album right here. Like, you don't know it yet because you ain't been through some of this stuff, but I'm mm. telling you. that <laughs> I wish that album would have been out when I was in my 20s, for mm. sure. You say you're going to come back to that one. Yeah, what's funny is, is going through stuff or been through stuff R&B or, or I just cheated on you or I'm going to cheat on you again R&B. These are all the better songs of R&B. The simple I love you songs, unfortunately, they're not usually the best. Even if you think of like 90s R&B, it's usually like I'm trying to get somebody's girl or I'm trying to get my girl back because I did something shady. Right. Right. Or like you're moving away or something. Like that desperate R&B mm-hmm. just sounds so much better <laughs> than just- It got more pain behind it, which yeah. is you know, kind of how hip hop is too. You know, yeah. unfortunately sometimes, you know, hip hop that has a little bit more pain behind it, people can, you know, they kind of, you know, tra- they go towards that instead yeah. of like skateboard rap. Or like Chance's album. Mm-hmm. Like that's why that one, it wasn't like, 
accepted really well, you know, like yeah, Chance had his wedding on. Slow down on Chance, though. That's my. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get what Kevin. It was. Just, I love my wife. I love God. I just wanted to hear a little bit more. Like, are you struggling, bro? Like, is any like is something bad? My life sucks. So I don't know if I'm ready for an album that's oh, just like a great rap. marriage. Say what? He's like the Joel Osteen of rap music. You know, <laughs> Joel Osteen is not really a preacher. He's more of a motivational speaker. Mm. Today uh, is Sunday. It's going to be a beautiful day. I would love to start comparing all these people then. You know, actually. Like, what what preacher note, is Kanye? <laughs> just a quick, quick reference back to Tyler, the creator's album. One thing I thought that was really interesting was uh, the track Blessed and the track Wilshire. I thought those were kind of opposites of each other blessed Mm -hmm. where um, he's talking about like, he's actually talking about how great his life is, but not in the typical stereotypical rap way of just flexing on everybody, but kind of in a more genuine, sincere way. But then Wilshire, I thought was really interesting because it reminded me um, of scripture. Actually, David in first Samuel 11 to 13, he has everything he could possibly want, but he's still dissatisfied. And that's where we get the whole Bathsheba story arc. So I thought Wilshire was kind of um, that kind of narrative. And it was, so it was interesting to yeah. have it juxtaposed with blessed. Sure. Yeah, no, that's really good. Cause even if you look at his uh, whole last album, Igor, his whole last album was pretty much like he was in a relationship someone else kind of invaded on that relationship and he desperately wants that back, even though he could kind of have anything in the world really, but he still wants mm-hmm. that. And like, even though he's had that and it still wasn't quite connecting to what he thought it would be. And then it's kind of like somewhat of a resolve of kind of coming to terms with that. And so like you're going through all those mm-hmm. waves of a relationship or, or a relational feeling and he's still not necessarily fully content in that. And there's kind of just this longing for something, but he's not quite able to name what it is. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if because Igor has so much fanfare, you know, there was so much. There was a lot put into the whole kind of like getting the album out with the wigs and the this and the, you know, <laughs> there, there was a lot going on. And uh, this this one just seems so chill mm. to me. It just seems it was. So chill. It, it was, was like mixtape. Yeah, it felt like mixtape hip hop, only with like kind of album. It type felt production. like he grew up too. Like he yeah, went to summer yeah. camp, and then he came back home. He was like, "Yeah, I, I now have hair on my chest." Let's yeah, let's <laughs> It was super dope. It was super dope. Well, let you know, Kevin said he wanted to get into that one potentially in the faves category. Let's get into faves. Um, I'll, I'll start with a couple. Um, so I talk about Drake a lot, but what y'all probably don't know is like right now, my favorite artist is Young Thug. Like right now, Young Thug is making some of the best music to me. Young Thug. Y'all don't look at me crazy. Young Thug is making some of the best music to me. Um, Kevin and I um, sip when you say that. <laughs> yo, yo, young, young Thug is hot, bro. And and like <laughs> let's keep it real. Let's let's keep it pause, but let's keep it real though. He got the he got the biggest he got the biggest song of the year with way too sexy, and he <laughs> killed his verse at the end. Um, but Did you but pre-pause? I love say what? Did you just pre-pause? Did I pre-pause? What what you mean? <laughs> Sorry, you said pause before you said the. St- Never mind. My oh, I did it. I did it after I said. I said something. Okay. About, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, 
But Slime Language 2 is dope. I, like anything Young Thug puts out to me is dope. That album is amazing. Um, he's got incredible joints on there. Um, and one of the things I love about he's he's grown a lot from like when him and when he, when he started with Rich Gang, like he's grown a lot in like how he uses his voice, um, how like it, he uses it very much like an instrument. Um, and uh, I think it was slime. Was it slime season? Oh no, so much fun in 2019. Drake said that and Baby King's album "Die for My Chick" were his two were the two best albums of 2019, and I kind of agree. And I've really just enjoyed how Young Thug, one, his production's always incredible and fits with his voice and his aesthetic really well. And then he uses his voice really, really well. Like, I personally have never been a big fan of, like, a lot of these guys being called mumble rappers. Because, one, I understand what they're saying. And, two, um, I think they're just kind of being harmonious. Like, kind of like Pharrell said that, like, when Jay-Z would get in the booth, before Jay-Z would rap his verse, he would just kind of hum out kind of the verse or what he was about to rap mm-hmm. uh, to get the melody or get the pocket of the melody. And so it's so dope when these artists are able to kind of do that in an actual like produced song that goes out and do it really effectively while still, you know, and I think I think Young Thug can, I, Thug can rap. He's jumped on some stuff with uh, with a few artists and I felt like he's had kind of a standout verse on their stuff. And so I love that album. Um, uh, another one of my fave albums this year was um, Andy Minio just dropped. Um, uh, he's with Reach Records with Lecrae and those guys. And uh, I listened to that. I was at the gym and I listened to that at around midnight when it came out. It's like 11, actually. As you know, when they say midnight, we actually get at 11. And um, and I thought it was such a so he's like, you know, he's kind of one of those more like I'm going to be really transparent about what's going on in my life, like actually. And so his mom passed away, um, I think, if not last year, the year before. And the album has a lot of like cuts or like skits mm. of like mom kind of talking about different like moments in his life. And it flows really, really well. It's called Neverland 2. And it flows really, really well as he continues to kind of really transparently talk about where his fame is, um, his issues with his dad. He's had really bad issues with his dad. And then losing his mom has really kind of illuminated that even more. Um, And he's one of those guys that's like really eclectic. He's really going to make music that's like, I'm not trying to be trappy with this. Um, I may throw like one or two trap joints on it, but I'm not trying to be trappy with this. Um, I'm more trying to, um, you know, have a lot of melody and a lot of like rock and different type of production on there. And so I thought it was really good. And then um, he had a really big joint this past year. It got big this year. Um, Coming in hot with him and Lecrae. It's been everywhere. Kim Kardashian posted it at her fashion show. Will Smith posted it. Um, everyone was doing TikToks to it. Like when I say everybody, I mean everybody. It escaped the Christian space that he's in big time. And uh, so, yeah, I thought his album was really good. And then I got one more. I'm going to say Baby Keen. Um, the, 
I like that one. I, I got just listened to that last night. Yo, I really liked it. Like I like Yo, it had a couple of joints with Kendrick that was really exciting to hear because I've I've missed hearing Kendrick and so I really love Range Brothers and Family Ties. Yeah, Family Skate Ties was my favorite. I thought Kendrick had bars on that one. Love yeah. that joint. And Kendrick, I mean, I like the album like, that you're talking about. Because someone told me to listen to that last night because they were trying to convince me to listen to Lloyd Banks' album that came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> but why, bro? Don't waste your eardrums. Don't waste your eardrums. But I would say one more thing about Baby King, and then y'all jump, and then y'all jump in with y'all's face. But he has a sample on there from Serpent with Feet on the song "Scapegoats," and his rollout was great because he dropped "Family Ties" with Kendrick, and then he dropped a clip with the with the song "Scapegoats" in the background, or kind of the song of the little video clip. And I love that sample on there. Um, Serpent with Feet is a just his voice is just gorgeous. Um, and so the sample on there on the song Scapegoats was really good. And yeah, I really like Melodic Blue. So I, those are three albums that, you know, kind of get missed a little bit. But yeah, really good, really good, uh, really good project. So I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be honest. I was pretty much in my R&B bag until, you know, later this well, year. Donna, go ahead and say it. Until, <laughs> until <laughs> not that I wasn't listening to hip hop, you know, because I'm a hip hop head, so I was listening, but I definitely was going back in the crates. Mm-hmm. Some of this stuff was just like, okay, this is mm-hmm. what we're doing now. But I will say, to your point, mumble rap has come a long way. I know that you don't want to call it that, but that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to call a thing a thing. But <laughs> with that in mind, um, I do agree that, you know, those young men have come a long way from what it sounded like in the beginning, mm-hmm. which was inaudible. And <laughs> I don't know what anybody was saying. It sounded like everybody had a cold and nobody wanted no medicine. It was terrible. But, it was too much medicine. <laughs> it, was, it was just too, exactly, too much medicine. Which they call medicine. <laughs> cups at one time. It was the lean. It was the lean. It was the lean. The seizures. It was just too much. Talk about your favorite album, Tiffany. <laughs> Don't get me started. But um, I liked. Well, I told you that the Alchemist was on another album. So he was another album called Haram with Arm and Hammer. I liked that album. Um. As favorites go, I really did like it. Um, mm-hmm. It was consistent, consistent with the brand uh, of the Alchemist. So yes, you can tell I'm on the kick for him right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like J Cole's album. Yeah, all season was amazing. I, mean, I felt like it was, it was him all the way through. Mm. I didn't get any aha moments, you know, but. Um, it was consistent, and I love that. Now, a one album that I did want to be my favorite album before it came out, and then I heard it, and I was like, okay, well, that was trash, um, was DMX's compilation. Yeah. I really wanted that to be something special. But we got to stop doing posthumous, because he didn't, he, we don't know he if he- make, No, he was making that. Oh, he, oh okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so that was going to be current trash had he lived. Uh, that was gonna be live trash. Yeah, but, yeah. And I and I tried to listen to it like two or three times, 
And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. I wanted to, but I couldn't. He's, he's worthy of a couple of listens from us. You know what I'm saying? The gr- one for, of the certain, gr- for certain. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go with um, Haram and uh, J. Cole. Because as I said earlier, I was kind of in my R&B bag this year until okay. the other two came and, you know. You're going to you, you talk about Donda here in a minute. I'm putting, I'm giving that one to you. <laughs> oh, go for ahead. sure. I'm, I'm yeah. eyeing my time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, so. I have I have um literally literally every time I think of favorites or anything, I always kind of categorically put things in top fives. I'm not gonna put them in order right now. Um and then three of these we're gonna be talking about or not three of them, but like a couple of them we're gonna be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um but my favorite five so far, and this mm-hmm. is loosely, it could change at the end of the year, mm-hmm. um, are J. Cole's off season, that's one of them, you know, uh, great album. Tyler the Creator, call me if you get lost, great album. Fantastic album. And here's another thing. I never thought I would be a Tyler the Creator fan. All of his stuff at the beginning, I always thought was weird and just, I don't get it. But last couple albums, incredible. And then um, and then Kanye's Donda is on there. It's one of my favorites of the year. Talk mm-hmm. about more why in a minute. But two that might not always come up are uh, Vince Staples' album called Vince Staples. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Isaiah Rashad's called This House is Burning or The House is Burning. Oh, I, I forget about Isaiah Rashad's album. That was so good. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm a huge, for, for both of these rappers, I'm a huge, I feel like I'm in the top like 3% of their fans. Like, mm-hmm. and Spotify tells me every year too. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like Vince Staples is, I, I'm still kind of amazed that he's not bigger than he is because mm-hmm. I think he's an incredible rapper. He's a really good storyteller. He's hilarious. If you ever hear him on like interviews or podcasts, I think he's the best person to do interviews in mm-hmm. rap, period. Mm-hmm. Most of my favorite rappers are terrible interviews. Like Kendrick interviews are so boring. And I love Kendrick, but like mm-hmm. his interviews are just like not exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince Staples is hilarious. But on his album, Vince Staples is like his music is so incredible. Like it's really good just sounding. But then often when you hear he always like puts this contrast between his beats and what he's talking about. So you could have a song that sounds good and chill. And he's talking about like the most violent thing going on. Like, and you hear it in his interviews, like, like, like one of his lines and one of his songs that sounds kind of fun and chill. He says like hanging around the corner is like the same thing as hanging from the ceiling fan. He's pretty much saying like, you're going to kill yourself. He's just out there. Like it was the same thing. Yeah. Like, and he just, he brings, he brings all the imagery into just one quick line. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if you're out here on the corner, you might as well be killing yourself is what he's saying. Like, like mm-hmm. not like being suicidal, but just like, the fact that there's that much violence going on in the areas that he's he's familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the weirdest thing about him is he really didn't care to want to rap until he got older. I was listening to another interview about, on him, and he never cared to want to be a rapper. He saw people were making money from it, so then he's like, well, I can do this, I think. I like music. So then he just started doing it. And mm-hmm. um, But his album is great. Um, I get why some of his early albums musically were a little weird and people might not have liked him. So if you've ever checked him out before and you weren't a big fan, check it out now. And you might really, really like this album. Um, it's self-titled called Vince Staples. And then Isaiah Rashad's House is Burning. I've, I've been a huge fan of his for a while. It's, it's been cool to see his journey because he got super deep into being like addicted to all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to his concert. I joke with people. It's the worst concert I've ever been to. I was super excited and this dude was just like blown out of his mind and was not a fun concert. He was just standing there rapping and then he ended on a Kendrick song and then they just cut the lights on 
and it was over. What? And I was like, yeah. all right, like it was it was super weird. And, and but at the time, I didn't know that because of different tours he got on, he got super addicted to stuff. Like he was all kinds of like just like mixed up on pills and drug, all, all kinds of stuff that he was to such an unhealthy degree for him. Um, he said, and so it was cool to see an album from him, from him being more clear minded because his music's usually pretty chill, but he has a couple songs on here that hit really hard too. Um, and so it, it's a really, really good album to me. I like it a lot. And I think it's, a, I think it's, I, I don't think anyone would ever hate his music. So if you've, if you've never listened to him, he's on TDE, you know, with Kendrick and Schoolboy Q, SZA, Absol, J-Rock, all them. Um, and if you like any of those people, like you probably would like this at the very least, you won't hate it. And I think it has some really cool things he's talking about throughout the album. Real quick, Kevin, this is what we're going to do. Talk about Donda here in a second, because I'm going to mm-hmm. let you talk, because we're going to split it up, the three big ones here when we do the breakdown. Sure. I'm going to talk about CLB. Uh, Tiffany's going to talk about <laughs> Donda, and you're going to talk about um, uh, Off Season. Okay. So, so go ahead and talk about Donda a little bit since you had in your top five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, to anyone, like whether you were a big hip hop fan or just kind of casual, we knew about what was happening with Donda. And um, I was both su- surprised and let down at the same time by Donda. Um, I think it's one of the best musical things I've heard in a long time. Like the music is incredible on it. Like it is amazing. Uh, some of the songs are outstanding. He, he got incredible verses from everybody who's on there. Like everybody who's on the album that did something, like did that something very well, um, except unfortunately for Kanye when it came to the rapping some. Um, and and here's the thing: he has he actually has some better verses. It's almost like the sheer amount of songs and verses he had to do. He just kind of ran out, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, and 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 it stands out no more on like a song like uh, the Jesus Lord song where it starts off pretty good. His rapping's pretty good. And then he starts getting into weird things. And then you hear Jay Alette come on and like, just out verse you know, of the year. Verse of the year. I'm yeah. Sorry. Like I'm right incredible now. verse. Verse of the year. But, but like, and there are some incredible songs, like some of my favorite songs um, of the whole year. Some of them are on Donda, you know, like mm-hmm. um, I, I, I've been talking to Josh and, and we keep talking about some of the different songs. And it's funny because we even had opposite views on certain songs where there were some songs that I thought we were talking about, you know, Donda and CLB where I thought I was like, wait, you don't like that song that much. Or I like that one. Like come to life. I think is like kind of the song of the year. Almost. Mm. Um, I think of it. I think of this album being almost like he's aiming to do something similar as what he tried to do with beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, mm. like just an incredible music project that even speaks stuff without just the rap verses and come to life to me was kind of like the, the uh, spiritual Kanye version of Runaway, like just kind of this like very emotional song with keys and this like uh, build up and 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 talking about. Whereas the other one, he's kind of down. He's talking about being a jerk and like these things going on. On this one, he's over here pretty much in public mm-hmm. begging for his wife to come back and be with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, even the simple lines that Kanye does is classic Kanye being kind of funny and sentimental at the same time saying how, uh, you know, North wants to wear Kanye or Kanye's North wants to wear Nikes. And he's like, well, it's not about me anymore and stuff like just, just those little funny things that he says in the middle of a super serious moment. Um, I thought that song is beautiful. It's incredible. 
and honestly, there's a million things I could say about the album. Um, but musically, musically, like I said, it's, it's amazing. There are some incredible moments on it. Um, and, and I don't think, I don't think it's as overwhelming with too many songs necessarily. I just feel like it could have maybe used another month or two for him to like do a little bit better with some of the verses that he had. Mm-hmm. And it would pretty much be like a classic, perfect album almost to me. I 100% agree. Um, Joel, talk real quick. Talk about um, as as you kind of listen to some joints, what you like, and then we'll do a quick breakdown of the three next. The sure, three. sure. Well, I already gave my thoughts on Tyler the Creator's album, and um, really, I mean, I had the most thoughts after that on on Donda and CLB. Um, so I can just give my quick takes on that before mm-hmm. y'all break them down, but mm-hmm. I. Initially, when I heard Donda, I was a little unimpressed. And then I heard CLB soon after, and I thought it was better. But then the more I listened to both, I think my perspective kind of flipped a little. I think, let me put it this way. Donda is the more polarizing of the two in, I think the highs were higher and the lows were lower. But CLB, I thought, was more stable throughout. That's perfect. Um, and and what you see with Donda is you see Kanye being Kanye. Mm-hmm. No further explanation needed. <laughs> um, I thought Jail was my favorite instrumentally, but lyrically it just didn't hit what I wanted. It just didn't. I thought that there was no climax. It just kept building, but there wasn't really a climax. Um, God Breathe, I thought the flow was unimpressive. Um, off the grid, however, I thought had really good flow, and it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of the uh, Black Panther album that Kendrick produced. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think then, about the ending uh, verse of what Kanye said on that album? Um, it's the yeah, I hated it. It was so non-committal. <laughs> it's like if you're gonna deliver the joke, just do it, because um, everybody knows it's dumb, right? Everybody knows it's dumb. So he just deliver the joke, but he's like, he like starts and then he like doesn't commit. And it's like, that, that makes, that's how you would deliver that in, if you're like hanging out with your friends and you make a dumb joke like that. But if you're going to put it as a bar on your song, just like commit to it and then let people laugh. So I, I, I didn't like the delivery, but I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Weakest song on the album to me. Yeah. I said, uh, in my notes, I wrote, I think pretty sure God has better flow than this. <laughs> um, 24 reminded me of Jesus is King, but it wasn't as good as Jesus is King. And I think I have a much, much more positive view of Jesus is King than Josh does. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, I thought Donda was one of my favorites cause it's, uh, it, it was just, it was unique. Um, same with actually praise God stuck out a lot to me as well as, as it probably did to everyone. I thought that praise God should have been the first song on the track and the Donda chant should have just been cut. That's my opinion. What do y'all think about that? Well, well, I, I, you know, I'm about to talk about CLB for a little bit, but I, I, yeah, you're going to get us in copyright trouble. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, um, just super brief on Donda. I couldn't agree with Kevin Moore. And this is what I predicted. 
when me and Tiffany were talking about the album before the album came out, I said, I know what Kanye is going to do sonically. He's crazy. He's brilliant. He's going to kill it sonically. And it was. I, I kind of see what you're saying, Joe, but Jail really was everything I needed from Kanye as like a mm. actual intro. I, Donda was like a kind of what he did back in the old album where he did the Bernie Mac thing and then he had an intro. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like that a little bit to me, except part two Donda is more of a song, you know, but like, right. um, but yeah, Jail was everything I needed from him as an intro. It's kind of stays in that theme of him like killing intros. Uh, features were amazing. Kanye always brings the best out of artists when they get on a feature, always. And then, yeah, kind of what Kevin said, it just like the only reason I don't have it as high as I have CLB is because lyrically it just wasn't. He just, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people, like when I said that to people, they're like, well, Kanye's not a rap. I'm like, you're sick. Kanye's always been crazy mm-hmm. lyrically. I get it that that's not like his main thing. But like I talked to Kevin about this on Watch the Throne, I felt like he watched Jay Z the whole album. Yeah, and I thought like, Jesus Lord was well written. At points, yeah, there were at times I, I I agree. But like, yeah, like Kanye's always been kind of had that like backpack rapper bag that he could get into, and he had some production on here where I thought he really could have did it, and then he didn't. And I get it. It's it's not. It's like it's. It's like my dark twisted fantasy, but it's not because it really he really was trying to create something that was like not really hip hop but gospel, but hip hop, you know. Like so, it was it's harder to like to get into some of the old bags that he used to get in as far as just lyrically. But but that was the only thing that people say. Oh, he's not a rapper; he's production. You know, I think that's a cop out, right? Because we know that he's a rapper, yes. you know, that he's a lyricist and, all, and all of the things. Mm-hmm. So when you tell me um, after somebody has given us great verses, lines yes. and songs that we're going to be singing at weddings, by mitzvahs, funerals and everything else. <laughs> come on. You can't then come back and be like, oh, well, he's a producer. You you can't do that. Swiss Beast is a producer. He never needs to rap on anything. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He never needs to do that ever again. Never. That's funny. No. However, he's uh he's one of the best producers. You know him and uh Timbaland are. You know they're they're good. So when you tell me that Kanye is not a rapper that he's a producer, you're you're that's a cop out. Donda, for me. So this is how I look at Donda. The Donda chat. Until I got the full explanation from um, an interview, I really, I was trying to, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was really trying to figure out where we were going with this. But once I got the full explanation of they were kind of having a conversation and he, she was telling him, you know, your mom's name is really powerful. But I still don't know if it should have been a chant, and I don't know if it should have been the first thing that Just we have to listen to. Just put the spoken word as the first thing. What do you What do you think about that take, Tiffany? I I just I felt like it was off putting. If If I'm being honest, praise God. No, no, no. The oh yeah, chant. no, I agree with you. I think the yeah. chant was off putting. I think praise God should have been instead. Yeah, that should have that could have definitely replaced it. I feel I don't have a problem with the chant. You know, that's his mom. I get it. And I know that you want to make people understand that this album is dedicated and somewhat about her. But at the same time, I feel like it was off-putting because people kind of now know you to be in this kind of somewhat of a Christian lane. 
And when people don't understand things like chance and uh and 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 things of that nature, it throws them off. So now they're trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here? And then you do the visuals on top of that. And so the visuals, wow, the visuals were a lot. The the visuals were everything that I needed because I like performance art, but at the same time, I also didn't need to see you going up into heaven in the middle of <laughs> a theater in Atlanta. But um, I like the song with Pop Smoke um television that's so interesting because i have not heard anyone say they like that one and i didn't i like pop smoke <laughs> um, that was, that's an interesting thing yeah that's cool. I, I did like that song um i am a j electronica almost as big as i am kanye fan like i <laughs> love j electronica 504 new orleans and the song that they have together, I thought was beautiful. Um, and I listen to it often. You know, uh, Jesus Lord is one of my one of my favorites. I think overall, I don't feel like I'm reinventing the wheel here when I say that. Um, I didn't put it in my favorites because I don't really feel like this album was about him. Hmm. I felt like it was... Kanye featuring everybody but Kanye to some degree. I felt like it was a big feature album, which I was okay with that. But at the same time, I was kind of looking forward to I want Kevin. I feel like he needed more time, even though the record label was like, my guy, you're, <laughs> you're draining us right now. You know, you want to be in the middle of Atlanta and downstairs in the basement on full video CCTV. But it, it was just so much happening. But I felt overall that the album was good. I didn't compare it really. I mean, me and Josh, we razz each other on comparing it to CLB. But the reason why I honestly couldn't really compare the two is because sonically, I like Kanye's. Lyrically, I didn't like Kanye's portion. Lyrically, I liked uh, CLB, but I also liked the features, like the ones with Rick Ross and all, and, and you know, and things like that. But I also saw them as two really separate projects. Mm -hmm. CLB was Drake being Drake. He hasn't quite grown up yet. That's okay. <laughs> we'll you talk. Know, we'll talk. We got all the toxic masculinity that you can think of on one album. Hmm. Um, from I mean, don't get me wrong, because the baby is on Kanye's thing, but I mean, future, and we can stop there. Um, <laughs> you know, CLB has, you know, it's it's a good time. Don't get me wrong, but I felt like Donda was something different. More mm -hmm. kind of, I felt like Kanye thought it was more of like a tribute album to his mom, mixed in with church, mixed in with some of his regular style, and then he tried to bring some new things to the forefront, but they didn't quite work. Because I don't feel like he had time to flush him out. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's and that's one of the things that I think is like a little bit of the issue is trying to do so many different things. Yep, trying to yeah, do many things at once. Time to flush it out, and then we're not a time to make an album cover. Yeah. yeah, and I think also he didn't have time to flush out all. Give us the Black Lives Matter square. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually. It's he didn't crazy. have time to flush out his thoughts, and on top of that. He did this album while he was in a mania. Let's just be real. True. 
And so that was one of the reasons why it was so creative. But that's also one of the reasons why he couldn't focus really as much as he really wanted to, because he was hyper-focused on some things. And then he got hyper-focused on the visuals for the album releases. And it just was too much. It was Mm. too much. And it was, some parts of the album was unfocused. I felt like Mm -hmm. he just didn't have enough time to flush his ideas through. And I wish that he would have. This album is almost like a movie that tried to do too much that would have been better as like a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's certain times you see a movie and they try to do a lot of different things. And you're like, man, if you had actually had eight episodes, this would have been really good. And so if mm-hmm. this album was like four different albums or three different little EPs or something, if this was a it could have been perfect. Like, you know how Beyonce would give us three different little levels with... You know, we get videos here, then we get songs here. Mm-hmm. You know, if we yeah. would have got something like that, then yeah, but this amount of songs. Yeah, some like, of them just don't fit either. Even songs I like. Literally just let's throw this at the wall and see what happens. People are going to like it because yeah. I'm Kanye. And, and, and I thought I'm that. a Kanye fan, fan for real. Yeah, And yeah. I did not appreciate that. Well, real quick before I get into Donda, I, I, I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt of saying it was living like the life of Pablo and that he was going to come back, but he ain't really come back yet. So There's like, like a couple yeah. random weird little things though. Yeah, he did yeah. change some stuff. Yes, but, but it does. It does overall give me. It does all overall give me hope that um, we can get another album from him that will be um, mm. of some reckoning. Not necessarily. You know, yeah. we might not get backpack Kanye. I don't know which Kanye we're gonna get because we can't see his face <laughs> now, so I don't know what he's doing. But we can get another dark twisted fantasy Kanye. I would like to get something similar to that or just somebody that I recognize. Yeah. Throughout uh, the whole album. That would be dope. And a couple of features. It uh, it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of people, but you know, I would like to hear Kanye that I know. So while I did enjoy the album, um, I wish he would have had more time to flesh it out. That's just my opinion. That's a good point. Yeah, I'll give some quick hits on CLB and then Kevin, you go with uh because you I mean you you told me that you thought uh off season was your favorite album this year. Mm-hmm. Um I I I thought CLB was I think Drake has been listening to his critics. And and I thought he kind of executed it well. For I, I have it kind of high, and I know that's biased for me because I love Drake. I love Drake a lot. But I have it high as far as like um on a if I were to grade it, I give it anywhere between a nine and a nine point five because I thought it was kind of well executed. Um, and I think the when I've heard people critique the things that they don't think were executed very well, I think Drake was trying to be ironic in those moments. Um, but ultimately, like I, I, it was dope with the no singles and just letting us just kind of get it. He didn't throw a couple of joints on there, like, you know, the joint he did with Lil Durk, Laugh Now, Cry Later, or um, throw anything from the little pack that he gave us in the, you know, um, in the spring. I think it was like late spring, mid spring. Um, So I thought he he just he just gave us what he gave us. And a couple of things that I thought were really good was I thought he sampled really well on it. I thought the samples were really good. I really liked the production. Yes, really enjoyed each and every sample. And they brought an emotive side to the songs. Drake's always going to bring an emotive side to music because he's always going to be a little bit more emo. 
Um, but like, you know, songs like Fair Trade, where I just really love how the sample comes in at the beginning. Um, I love the intro sample. I love really he sampled really well on this. And Drake always samples well. Um, Kanye's, you know, the best at it, but I thought he just sampled really well on this. And I thought it gave a lot of the songs that little extra oomph, even if like I didn't love like everything about like the lyrics or the chorus of the song in general. I just really love even like Poppy's Home, which, you know, a lot of people have mixed feelings on that. Sample was amazing. The sample was absolutely. He dug in the crates a little bit for some of those samples. Huh? He dug in the crates for some of those samples for sure. He did. He did. He he went to work. He looked back. He went back and found some stuff. And he's always been good at getting some good soulful ones. Not as good as Kanye, but good at getting some good soulful ones like on cameras back in the day. And so love the sampling on it. Lyrically, I was very impressed. I wanted to see a little bit more because he knows who's behind him. K-Dot is behind him. Kendrick. And so I wanted to see just a, I wanted a couple more songs where he just really went off lyrically because he can, but I thought he did everything he was supposed to do lyrically with uh, champagne poetry, 7am on bridal path, remorse, um, uh, uh, race my mind. Like I just thought lyrically it was very impressive. 7am and bridal path is a great time piece joint. I don't know if it's the best one, but it's close. Um, it's slightly behind 4 p.m. in Calabasas for me. Um, so lyrically, it was very good, which I was missing on Kanye's, and I like rap. And so I know we were comparing them. The only reason I'm comparing them is because <laughs> clearly they wanted us to. Yeah. <laughs> and they were foils to each other in the sense of you have one album that's about someone's deceased mom and the other one that is a guy who's kind of making fun of himself for being for exhibiting toxic masculinity. So I thought they were mm. great foils. They both have a redemptive arc. You know, Kanye goes from like jail to yeah. Jesus Lord, which his theology's gotten so much better since Jesus came to me. Um, and then, in, you know, Drake goes from like kind of flaunting this like toxic masculinity, like slowly within the album, starting to make fun of himself. And then by the end, hitting us with remorse. So they both kind of have a redemptive arc, which I thought was really cool. And then uh, kind of my last thing on why I thought this Drake album was dope is for one of the reasons that people have, um, that the people who have critiqued it, because a lot of people say it's really good, but the people who have critiqued it have been like, oh, it's the same old Drake. Two things, real quick. One, I disagree. I think he's grown a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's grown a lot as just his his content because his life has switched up. Um, I don't. His life isn't the same as if you're reading this is too late. And so I, I mean, think I guess I, I agree with you, but I mean, I think his content too is still is not as an adult as I would like it to be. But at the same time, when I think about it, I don't really want a Drake talking about super serious stuff because first of all, he didn't grow up with he didn't grow up with super serious stuff. Oh, going thank you. He, so he, I mean, he, he, parts of me, parts of me though, want him to at least acknowledge that these things are happening in life right but i mean you can't do that with future on your song look i love future y'all i love that mumble i love i do that with an album full of toxic masculinity i mean don't get me wrong i love rick ross i feel like he killed it little wayne is you know he did whatever little wayne does Mm -hmm. but um parts of me really does wish that he would just acknowledge things that are going on in the world outside of his realm of baby mama drama. 
Well, that that's where I think like sometimes we got to be a little bit of a more careful listener with Drake because he was talking about a lot of Canadian politics in the album. Like on Champagne Poetry, he talked about some instances where there were some murders that people were kind of wanting him to get a little bit more involved in. And he kind of mentioned in there the tension that he had with speaking about that. And so he does, he does mention things. It's just, that's really not his bag. No, I agree. And, and, and I, like I said, a part of me wants him to get a little more in depth, but the other part of me is like, he's, yeah. let, let's just keep talking about. And he'll, he'll grow up. When Jay-Z was 35, he was still big pimping. You know what I'm saying? So I I think we do have to give. But he wasn't only big pimping. Exactly. No, no. Jay-Z, but Jay Z's also African American, and Jay Z's also Drake's Drake. black. Well, Drake said, "If I went, if I didn't go pop, I would have all of your fans. If I didn't go pop and stayed on some conscious stuff." Drake is being very intentional with the. Nobody is worried about Drake turning into Kendrick Lamar anytime soon. Yeah, and, and I don't like, think as long as you were on the grassy, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but I think he'll grow up. My thing is, I think he'll grow up. And yeah, I, I, I one think... of the things, real quick, Kevin, one of the things I think was dope about this was, I think it was, I think I'm a I'm a I'm a Drake stand, so I listen to him a little bit more carefully, and I'm, and I'm not saying y'all missed it. I'm just saying this is what I heard. Yeah, I did hear a lot of like, my life is switched up. Here's some things that are different. And I did hear a Drake that's a little bit more worried about catching up to Jay-Z than competing with his peers, which I think that's even a dope switch up. He'll never, he may never catch Jay-Z. Not going to happen. I think he will, but he may never. But I think, I think it's just dope that that's more of the stratosphere he's thinking is he's thinking more financially than he's thinking simply just kind of let me win a summer or whatever. Because he could have did singles, he could have tried to win the summer, and that really wasn't. It didn't feel like that was his big thing. But, but, real quick, the thing I thought was dope about it was he was, in a sense, trying to culminate a decade of dominance. So he wasn't trying to, like, do something extremely different than what he's ever done yet. I think that's coming. I think he is going to switch up a little bit. I told Kevin this at work, and I think what he was trying to do, in many ways, was make part twos of a lot of big joints that he's made and bring them into the now. Like Fair Trade is kind of a part two of Sicko Mode. Champagne Poetry is kind yeah. of a part two of Tuscan Leather. Pipe Down is kind of a fancy part two. We all know, you know, another time piece. Like, he, you know, You Only Live Twice was kind of a model part two. You know, he was trying to say, hey, I've had a decade of dominance and here's kind of a new sonically sounding like what I did before. Before I, he said on Champagne Poetry, I'm coming with something new soon, and so I well, think I look forward to it. Yeah, and I, and I I think it'll happen. So I think the his his, his target big. audience of 21 to 25 is going to be about 35 to 45 soon. I think it's already about 25 to 30 with with uh, college women, but um, but I think the critiques are fair if you listen to it and you're like, man, but I want to hear more from Drake. But I would say to the to the hardcore fans, the hardcore, like I'm a stand, I'm an admitted yeah. stand. I did hear evolution, or else I wouldn't have liked it. So personally, but mm. but but that but that's just me. But um, but yeah, if you want to if you want to say anything quick on that, Kevin, and then you can move into. Yeah, the only thing I would say is kind of like a uh, kind of going along with what you're saying is like 
I don't think it's necessarily like again wanting to hear Drake rap consciously or doing all that stuff. I think it's the difference. Like it sounds like like if twenty two year old Drake put out the same album with the same lyrics and the same stuff, it doesn't feel like it would be that different. Like like it doesn't feel like it feel like the same. 23-year-old could have put out the same song. And I know he was rapping, like, doing a little bit more singing stuff and doing a little bit different, but I'm saying content-wise, it doesn't feel like there was necessarily, like, you could tell that there was some great difference. And then the other thing, like you said, um, I like the idea of what you're saying about how he's putting that capstone on, like, a lot of different songs that we've heard of. And I think the familiarity is what made it a little, like, I don't want to say off-putting, but just kind of, like like, a little, like, Oh man, a lot of this sounds like stuff that I probably liked a little bit better before. You know what I mean? So, because no one's going to say any of it's terrible or bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, the production's always going to be good. He raps well. He knows how to craft a song together. Um, there's just a certain, it's hard to put a word on it. Like, like, uh, where everything looks shiny and good and polished, but it doesn't quite have, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know what I'm really fully asking from him because. Um, I don't know what to expect or what I would really necessarily hope from him at this point or what that would look like. Cause I don't, you know, that's why it's predictable right now to me, but that's, but that's why y'all need to move in the world. I'm going to just say this real quick though. Like that's why y'all got to let that man ride. Like it's like, cause, cause I, cause I will make a slight comparison. It's like, cause we may not be able to get to the last topic. So we'll kind of end on like Kevin talking about all season, but we gotta let that man ride because it's like it's like watching LeBron drop triple doubles, drop forty point triple doubles every year. Eventually, you're like, you kind of just get used to him dropping forty point triple doubles. And I think Drake is remember he's only thirty five. Like he will, he knows how long he's gonna be in this, and he wants to switch it up. But I think at some point we do need to be like, you know what? It's crazy that that man just sold another six hundred thousand first week. He's been number one three weeks in a row. He's probably about to snag number one again now that NBA Youngboy album already came out. Like, it's like those numbers are, and sometimes we just got to be like, look, he did it again. Like, it's crazy. And, and let him, and let him do his own maturing. And you know, like Alex Medina said this, and I thought it was dope. It's like, if someone's really good at something, like, stop looking for them to switch it up. Like, you know, you, you I know we're a fan and we get to critique or whatever, but it's like, clear, like the, the Drake fans like it. We like it. People broadly like it. And so it's like, let's just really like sit with what we got and enjoy it. Because I, I won't lie, Scorpion was more of a, it was, I liked it better than Certified Lover Boy because I thought he did do some things sonically that were unique and fun. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely really enjoyed Scorpion and Certified mm-hmm. Lover Boy. I, I feel like a lot fewer of the songs will stick with me long term. Yeah. So, so I'm not so I'm not denying that like this wasn't like I think culturally it will do some things that we just haven't seen yet, but I, I think it will because they're piped down and race my mind. I think those are gonna be sleepers that are gonna really like kind of pop. But um and that's some some other ones are obviously gonna pop. Um but um but it's like man, if 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 someone's giving you great product, like let's just enjoy the great product because I feel very sure that he will get more into his whole bag as he gets older. He'll never be as socially conscious as whole. Oh, but he will be as calm as just. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just sometimes a hard comparison with art forms because, again, if it came out, whether it's a show having the same season over and over, 
or a type of movie, making the same movie over and over. Um, and even if it's sold and it's broadly appealing, and we talked about that a little bit before, the best that's, movies that's aren't the most popular every time. I'm like, yeah, I mean, Fast and the Furious is a good comparison. And, I, and I, I'm probably to Fast and the Furious what you are to Drake, because um, I'm always still talking about how good the movies are. But we know how Drake's quality is, so don't compare the quality. Yeah, but I'm like, okay. I'm saying, hey, calm your down. Point, your point makes it. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I mean, but but I'm saying, I'm not comparing it to like Transformers, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. comparing it to like, say a movie was like pretty good, or like, um, there was a show I used to watch, like The Walking Dead, loved yeah. it for like five seasons or six seasons. Then they just kept doing the same thing, and it's still like one of the most popular shows. And like, a lot of things will still have it rated technically good, but they kind of kept doing similar things, and like, um, I think I think it's just one of those things that I would like to hear. Like Drake gives a version of vulnerability that sometimes doesn't feel like it feels like how when sometimes when pastors will be vulnerable, quote unquote, and like they say like what they yeah, used to struggle with, but not what they're going through yeah. currently. Like you know what I mean? Like I used to do this. Like well, what are you doing now? Like like what are you struggling mm. with now? And and I'm not saying and Drake talks about his struggles, but they're always kind of limited. To that like what are Drake's like like a song like Kendrick did about fear? You know what I mean? Like. Like those kind of songs where like something like, man, I turned this age and you know what? I'm worried about being alone for the rest of my life. And that's why I put on this thing about being with women. You know what I mean? Like something about like, really, I feel like there's something another level he could do in. that. But I will something, something to kind of let, and, that, and you're going to see it different than this, Josh, because you're, you know, a super fan or whatever. I, see it. I actually see him do what Kevin just said is what I'm saying. But I get why he should do it in a way that not only his stands would catch. I agree. Sure. Because that's I, not what broadly everyone goes to Drake for. Yes, if that I, makes sense. I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like he. I, I want to see Drake do something that's not going to just aim at the numbers that he know because he's going to get numbers regardless. He could put out a trash album, and 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 he's not going to obviously. But I'd love to see him just do something. Because I told you, I hated Yeezus, for example, but I love that Kanye tried it. Like like mm-hmm. I love that he tried it. Um um, and just tried something, and I appreciate like to Pippa Butterfly. I don't listen to it every day. Um, huge Kendrick stand, but I like that he tried it and did something that's creative that way. And mm. I think there's there's a th- I, Drake's intelligent, Drake's creative, Drake's the best like hook writer of all time, probably. You know, like mm-hmm. he knows how to put these things together very well. And and I say it as someone a lot of times I sound cr- critical of Drake. I like Drake. I listen to a lot of Drake. Um, mm. I would just love to hear like um, I don't know, yeah, like, like just something that feels a little more like it mixes in some of that broad appeal with some things that are really, really vulnerable or really open or really, or even a celebratory, but just, you know, kind of comes a, a little bit more, you can feel it a little bit more. If that makes he gonna sense. He's going to do it. The God, <laughs> God will bless us. The God will bless us. Just wait. Just be patient. Champagne. <laughs> he got us. Hmm. Tell us about that J. Cole, though. All right, J. Cole. J. Cole, the off season. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge J. Cole fan. I've, I've liked J. Cole for a really long time. Um, I was I was really excited for his album. Um, did not think it would be as good as what I thought it was, though, mm. or what it is. Like I'm often mm. let down. I get way too high expectations for my favorite artists, and <laughs> it often like comes back, and I wind up liking stuff more a little bit later. But J Cole's album to me was was amazing, and, and let me say for a couple of reasons why I thought it was good. One, he let other people produce, so the music sounds fantastic. Bless. Has one of the best intros I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like with Cameron on it, with the crunk music, with Lil John. Man, when that starts hitting every time, like mm-hmm. I get so hyped. I love crunk music. I think crunk music, like 
is like the most underrated music form ever, maybe like especially in rap. Like yeah. there's some incredible stuff that has aged pretty well too, even. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think was really good that J. Cole did, I feel like Drake Cole, J. Cole was not trying so hard and just mm-hmm. made a good album. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't like, I need to try to make a classic. I need to try to have some story. I need to try to have a narrative. I need to try to have a triple entendre on the name of it, like KOD, which I like KOD more than most people. But, and I think he was just like, yo, this is an album about, I just want to make bars and like make good songs and uh, talk about trying really hard to do something, but just rapping well, rather than trying too hard and being preachy or being, you know, here's my message and then here's some beats and words attached to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, some of the songs are incredible. Like, like uh, Pride is the Devil. Like that's one of my favorite songs of the year and probably my most played song this year with him and baby, like um, him and 21. I wish they had a whole five song EP, like just together (laughs) for some reason, them two go together really well. Um, But yeah, overall, I just think it's an incredible album. Lyrically. It's amazing. Uh, I think it's really interesting that I know there's a lot of J Cole critics who don't, who, who don't really necessarily like him or they think the lyrical stuff he's aiming for, he's not quite hitting. I'm not one of those, but it was interesting to even hear people that I listen to that think that, that really enjoyed this album also. Um, and so yeah. far it's still been my favorite album of the year. It's the one I've listened to the most. It's what I go back to. Um, it's, uh, it's exactly what I would want from J. Cole. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I, I've really, really loved and enjoyed this album. Yeah. On, on that, on that point, I, I was actually going to say that this episode, I wanted to make sure I said it. Of the three big ones, Cold, and I, and it's tough because I love champagne poetry and I like Jail, which I consider the intro to Kanye's. But I thought J. Cole had the best intro of the three. I, I, I yeah, that energy on that joint is crazy. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I saw him on it. that album. Huh? The you say it's your track to J. Cole's album? That was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I saw him perform it because I know he's on tour right now. Mm-hmm. And the energy Expensive. was <laughs> The energy was bugging. I, I saw the crowd just go stupid with it. Like he did the um, he did. He posted it on his uh, on his page where he, you know, the Luigi brother verse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where the crowd just went crazy with it. And it just it. Yeah, I just ooh that song. It just gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. You're right. So I thought definitely had the best intro of the three and i definitely have it very close to certified i i i I, uh i don't have it as my top but i definitely Mm -hmm. have it close i think it was if if i would say certified's a a 9.5 out of 10 i it's definitely a nine for me like so it's right Mm -hmm. there for me like i thought i thought it was really good and i remember being back then saying man i really hope that j cole delivers because i think he's so gifted and people are sleeping on him right now and you're right. He boy, he delivered. It was super yeah. good. I, I love that album. Yeah, it, it to me, it's almost a little bit of the opposite thing with with Drake, because like there was a couple of albums for me that I was like, J. Cole, I don't want all this other stuff you're trying. I want you just to give us what we would like: some good beats and some good raps. You Y'all know, Drake too. Y'all gonna do that? Do what? <laughs> I know, but but I'm saying like, and look, hey, if Drake tries it and I don't like the album, I will still appreciate it, and I'll, I'll stream it just I'm just to appreciate it. I'm <laughs> but look, J-, J. Cole, like he really gave like, and don't get me wrong, as a J. Cole fan, I still like some of the other albums, except for Four Your Eyes Only. I really just did not like that album that much. Really? You got Jordan. 
it's I like it. th- yeah. that one, it's not again it's, it's it's just a thing like where it's not bad it's yeah, just it's i don't want to hear a song about folding clothes like uh, <laughs> uh. we talked about that because that's actually it's not my favorite joint on there uh, but it's up there it's one of my favorites it's one of my friend's favorites too i mean he has a j cole tattoo on his forearm <laughs> and i'm like bro that song sucks like <laughs> like i get what you're saying like i want to live at home and do this but it was parallel <laughs> yeah it was very close to, to chance joe losting levels of just uh i don't know God, you see. and and but whereas this album was just like again it felt like a theme without you having to spell out a theme like you know what i mean like it like it felt like it felt yeah. like a hustle album like a a workout album like i mean that's the feel of it obviously the theme of everything he's doing is with basketball and working mm-hmm. hard and doing this thing this is a fantastic like workout album if you're shooting around doing stuff but it's also lyrically good and yeah. so like it's it's what exactly what i would want from j Cole. Mm-hmm. um I and if you put out four, that was my joint, and I don't even oh, like yeah. the littles in the game. <laughs> I like little baby. You know, he's he's growing on me. It's it's mm-hmm. taking me a little bit. Well, he's a rapper. That's where people slept at first. They didn't yeah. know boy could really get busy. Literally. Yeah, and I, I'm and I, he's of all the other littles. He's you know he's wearing he's <laughs> the babies and the child. Okay, yeah, but I like that song <laughs> specifically. I like every song on the album. All of them. No, I love the album. Yeah. is dope. But that's yeah. my joint. Yeah. Hey, Even quick. the interlude, which was a weird okay. single. <laughs> oh, I was just saying that the interlude was a weird single, I guess, or whatever it was to start with. And it, it sounds so much hyped. better on the album than it did yeah. like, by itself. It got me hyped. When I heard it, I, I was on a run, and I probably ran it like Mm-hmm. Really, the whole time I was running. And I really- did you know it's a fake sample? Like, it's not a real sample? You know that the producers, they kind of create a music thing and then what they do is they chop up the music thing they created to make it feel like a sample of an old song yo i'm a fan of that a lot of young bulls that are on like uh, soundcloud and stuff do that and i think yeah. it's really dope well they so just I would love to, to make it sound sampled yeah, I, I, yeah like making me think of that like i would love like a kanye produced j cole album of just like sampled and chopped beats oh man that'd be hard that would that that would be dope that's never gonna happen but yeah, it would j cole be dissed him too much on this song <laughs> Yeah, so I, I didn't mind this episode running a little bit later because I think we just had so much content. I think the fans will, or people who are, you know, who uh, listen to this episode will kind of, I think they'll sit with it because it's, because uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a hip hop joint. I think people who like this kind of content will enjoy kind of sitting with a longer episode. Um, so one, one last quick thing before we kind of close out, um, just real quick, just like, predictions for how the year will finish out um mine real quick is Kendrick gonna go stupid like I, Kendrick's about to drop something crazy and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it I'm I love the two joints on melodic blue on baby king's album and so I think whatever Kendrick's about to do is gonna be really fire I think it's gonna be super dope he got a lot of work to do for me because he set out for three years I had him. I right. I had him behind Drake. Now I have him behind J Cole too, because J Cole's been putting out good content the last three years, real good content. And so he got like he has to do more than just a really good album. It has to be a really really good album for me to kind of put him back. Um, you know, competing with Drake, especially because I think like I like I told you, I think Drake's kind of hitting a different stratosphere as far as who he's trying to compete with. But um, but it's gonna be crazy. Um, 
And I'm expecting that Drake won't care. I'm expecting that Drake is basically going, I think Drake's setting up to release again next summer without the same like big push for this one. Cause this was like a, he's kind of ending his certified lover boy kind of bachelor phase. And I think what he's going to hit with next summer is going to feel a lot like that pack, a lot like that, like the lemon pepper freestyle what's next. Um, uh, wanted needs kind of, I think it's going to be a lot more like, man, I'm trying to do something that's like crazy for the summer. And so I think he's going to let, I think he's going to, for the most part, let Kendrick kind of do his like real big album. He's going to go on tour. His tours, Drake's tour is going to be insane. And then I think next summer he's going to, I think he's going to give us some of those God plans, non-stops, like those really big Drake. The ones that come with the Instagram post. There you go. There <laughs> you he go. not do that this year. Well, some of those, you know, like uh, losing friends and and gaining peace. That you know, some that's gonna be on some white girls' Instagram post. But um, but yeah, that that's my perspective. I think <laughs> girls want girls. Yeah, that's my that's one of my favorite joints on that. Album. We're digressing. <laughs> I'm, so I'm so silly, but um, but yeah, I think I I I'm highly anticipating what Kendrick's about to do, and I think he's gonna. I think he knows that we've been hungry waiting for him to do something crazy. And I think he's going to do something crazy. So I'm really, I'm really excited. That's my fall prediction. I am excited about Kendrick and what that's going to be like his last album on TDE. So they say Mm -hmm. we shall see if he's going to come with, he's going to come with some fire regardless, but let's see if he's going to come with some, some T2. Um, (laughs) And see how that works out. I'm excited Ooh, for. I dare him to say Drake's name. I da- let me stop before I start a whole conversation. Yeah, Calm yourself ahead. down. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I I um look forward to which we didn't talk or touch on this episode. Um, look forward to the ladies of rap music. Yeah. Um, keeping it assy and classy. Um, <laughs> that's what I always say. <laughs> um, I'm, anything from Rhapsody, um, I'm excited about. Um, you know, I'm even kind of excited about these new chicks. That's really not my thing, but you know, I like, I like, I can, I see where they're going with it. You know, mm-hmm. like Mulatto, I don't, I hate her name. Little Big Lotto, <laughs> but it changed her name now. <laughs> Because that was definitely, that was wrong. That was real wrong. Um, and I'm a big Meg Thee Stallion fan. I'm not looking forward to anything Nicki Minaj has going on until she gets rid of her husband. Um, <laughs> Tiffany came with the T at the end. You cannot be married to a pedophile and want me to buy. <laughs> we just can't do that. Um, and I think that's fair. That's <laughs> I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um Agreed. But I also want like Remy to come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to hear like some really rough MC light. I just smoked a pack of cool 100 sounding chicks. <laughs> like, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. So um, I know we're going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of Meg. And I'm, you know, I'm a Meg supporter. Mm-hmm. But and Cardi and and all of the things, but I would like to um, also have 
the women who fancy keeping their clothes on as well <laughs> and are going to work off uh, just lyrical content, you know, with, a, with their version of sexy, whatever that is, mm-hmm. not discounting, you know, their femininity. But um, I think sometimes, not I think I know, they get overlooked because it's easier to see somebody that got on the onesie all the time as opposed to you rocking, you know, Jordans and boy jeans. You're right. So I'm kind of looking forward to bringing some of that back so we can, you know, hear something from the ladies that is of substance. Thanks for shouting out the ladies. I forgot all about Megan dropped some heat this year. Oh, mm-hmm. for certain. Party. None we can talk about, but <laughs> right, right. not 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 in a not in a Christian way. <laughs> <laughs> but she 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 did come with some and there's something to be said for that kind of liberation you know mm-hmm. um, I like you said that mm-hmm. you know there's something to be said for that kind of liberation and not judging her but you know time and place that's it <laughs> yeah um, oh mm-hmm. and also speaking of, of women rappers if y'all haven't looked up like uh, look up uh, No Names Book Club and all that she's been doing recently um, they have a whole free uh, book club in different areas and a whole library that just gives out books, predominantly okay. books from people of color. And so she's been doing that a lot. Like she kind of stepped back from doing rapping a lot. And so she's been out here like really just trying to she talked about how her mom had even had uh, they had to save money to buy books and do these things and how she's been able to have this opportunity now to like just give away books and start all these different book clubs in all these different cities. It's a pretty awesome thing that she's been doing. So. Another shout out to the ladies there. Um, I have just a couple quick ones and I won't even elaborate on all of them. Just name them. I don't think that there's going to be a Kendrick album. I don't know if this is because as a Kendrick stan, I'm just trying to like not get my hopes up high. But I'm like, I'm also like, it's it's, it's like about to be mid-October and there hasn't been any music released. And I'm like, I don't think Kendrick wants to be like, oh, I dominated the two months of 2021. I think he's going to wait and just take take next year. And he might put something out, like something to listen to. There might be a single, there might be something, but I don't think an actual album is going to come out th- by this year. I think he'd rather be like, I took all the 2022 and music came out, I kept it up going and then does a lot of features even next year. And mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of a thing. I think J. Cole is going to kind of put out a couple more little quick songs. Yeah. Like, like another little, like, he'll call it an EP, like a three or four song thing. Yeah, I think he's going to do that, and I won't be surprised if Drake did actually. Also, he is. Um, he's features. And so, yeah, and then out of some big people, either Jay Z or Jay Z and Beyonce together, I predict they'll come out with something by the end of the year. Mm. I think. I think with all these people out, I feel like there's no way that they haven't been waiting and being like, "Let's put it out now while everyone's over here holiday time, listening to music, those kind of deals." I kind mm. of feel like it could be a good time for them just to drop something. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, and Drake Drake's definitely got a couple of big features coming out. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has just like a another like little rapidy rap single. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll I think he'll do it just because he just always likes to remind people. And I think I, have to, I just think he'll do it before the for the uh, years out. And he he's probably got that joint with Benny the Butcher coming, mm-hmm. which the leak was good. The leak was really good. I really listened to it. Yeah, the um, it, it went away. I kind of can't find it now, but it leaked for like a hot minute, and I liked it. And then another LeBron had a little 
leak that I guess he got. And it was so no. Yeah, it was so, no, rapping, not rapping, not rapping. It's oh. a butcher. He was rapping a Benny the Butcher leak, and it's Benny the Butcher, Jada Kiss, Drake, and the beat is like that menacing, like PM. Jada Kiss is gonna let y'all. Fat Joe said the price has gone up. Y'all, I don't know. I love Drake, and y'all know I think he gets busy, and when he really gets busy, he might be nicer than everybody, but he does not need to get on that unless he's about to go just dummy because Jada Kiss and Benny the Butcher are gonna eat that. The beat that I heard, they're gonna eat it. So Jada Kiss could be half asleep with one eye open, a shoe off, and a sock missing, and he's mm-hmm. gonna kill it. He's <laughs> crazy. Um, so yeah, that was that was beautiful, y'all. Great. Honestly, that was as that was about as beautiful a breakdown as I could have imagined for the year. So much music that I think people are gonna go be able to look up because they didn't even think about it or hadn't heard about it. So I'm I'm really excited, Joe. Uh, finish us out yeah well this is a great conversation a lot going on a lot of the hip-hop world that i personally don't know about and i as i was reflecting i realized oh wait i do listen to a lot of hip-hop it's just none of my people came out with music this year i mean toby (laughs) wigway he had like a compilation of some of the songs that came out a lot last year and i and i already talked about a lot of his work on another episode logic switched to full-time gaming or something and i don't think he's making music anymore and i'm I'm still waiting on that new kendrick album uh just like kevin i am not getting my hopes up so i'm not gonna (laughs) say that it's coming out in 2021 and i would love to see kendrick dominate 2022 um but again i'm not making predictions because i do not want to be disappointed but i do listen to hip-hop y'all i've just this year has just not been the year for my people, and I slept on Andy Minio. I just totally forgot to give his album the listens that it probably deserves. But it really- those are my concluding remarks. Uh, Tiffany, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Listeners, if you've made it this far, you're a true fan of either us or hip-hop. Um <laughs> Yeah. So thanks for joining us on this fun bonus episode. Stay tuned as we um, will be discussing on our social media what's next for season seven. And um, yeah, we'd love to engage with you and hear your thoughts on uh, what your takes were on hip hop in 2021. So as always, thanks for listening and tune in next time. <laughs>